tyranny was broken by the sins of the father, and his shepherds finally ceased to roam, seeking instead the simple peace found in the comfort of heart and home. All eyes now turn to his heir and son, who forged their home with his power. Will he be strong enough to lead them in this, their darkest hour? Hello and welcome back to The Lost Tribe, Darkest Hour. As always, I am the author and your humble narrator, Peter Ivey. If you're enjoying this podcast, please like and follow to keep me bringing the story to you. Thank you very much for listening, and let's begin. Chapter 38 Sarah and I appeared in a long, curving street and cathedral, one of the many that spiraled around towards the city core. The common folk of the city were hurrying through the streets, pushing past nobles in their finery, escorted by breakers in their augmented frames. They swiveled back and forth, some armed with incinerators, others with the large steam-powered implements they used to crush the skulls of anyone who drew too close without permission. They were all overshadowed by flights of skiffs that flew over the city to their platforms, jammed with people trying to flee the city. In the distance, towards the city gates, there was the sound of explosions, and people screaming. There was a low rumble as something was destroyed not far away from us. I looked over to see Henry, Decoum, and Jules appear from an alleyway, their clothes filthy and dusted with ash. As they ran over, the whole trio nearly stopped in the tracks as they saw Sarah standing beside me. Yeah, I know. Care to explain why you didn't tell me about Silas resurrecting our friend, Henry? Henry looked confused and looked Sarah up and down. Was that surprise, or...? He didn't know, Mick. No one was supposed to know about me, so no one could tell. But who is this? He pointed his blade at Jules. (laughs) Why was nothing in my universe ever simple? Hello, Tomo. It's me, Julia, or Lethia, as I was. Jules now, if you don't mind. Sarah looked over to me, his eyes narrowed with suspicion. He lowered his sword and stood by my side. He nodded at Jules. The old Otomo would have never accepted my word. He had been too much of a lone wolf. Now, Saro seemed to be willing to serve. Maybe they made him that way. Perhaps it was no different than what I did with Jules, taking away her ability to portal away. When this was over, I would definitely look into restoring that if it were possible. As for Saro, I had a feeling that I had found a worthwhile ally. It was a good thing, too, because we were in trouble. We need to get out of here. Find somewhere to regroup. Sarah grabbed me and pulled me out of the way. A huge iron hammer wrapped in chains whooshed by beside me, wielded by a breaker in wheezing armor. He had a strange, manic look on his face. His eyes were blank, unseeing. Was he blind? I hardly had time to react before I heard screaming not too far away from us on the street. Sarah swung quickly and severed the breaker weapon into two pieces. I felt heat wash over us from the direction of the screaming. Two women and a man in a fancy dress were clawing at themselves, running aimlessly as fire consumed them. Behind them, a breaker with an incinerator in one hand and a mace in the other was burning and crushing the people he was supposed to be protecting. He had those same blank eyes. He laughed with glee as he pummeled the burning man to the street. Takum sent the breaker flying half a block back. He was not smiling. He was pissed. He pointed to the flat rooftop of one of the tooling workshops. Standing there in the corner... 
Overlooking the street was a man in dark clothes with long dark hair. He was flanked by six warriors that I recognized immediately. His eyes glowed brightly white. Jack! He saw me and flicked us all his middle finger. Cut the shit, Jack! This is between us and you! Jack laughed. He was grinning until his gaze drifted to Sarrow. His face then changed into a menacing sneer and he knelt down onto the corner of the building. Sarrow sketched a salute with his sword. Jack howled in anger. Ugh, so much for diplomacy, Henry murmured. I don't think that was ever in the cards, Henry. All the people around us were turning to us now, their eyes blank, and their faces twisted up by hatred. Nearly two dozen closed in on us. We had to get to the higher ground, out of here so that Jack would stop using innocent people as pawns. No, it was not, Sarah replied, lifting a sword to the sky. The sword jumped into the air, transforming into the swift black bird from Taroge. It dove right for Jack's face. His henchmen were so surprised that they just watched as it pierced Jack with its claws. He screamed to grasp at the bird. The people closed in, blinked, and shook themselves, free from his control. Run! Everybody run! I shouted. Get out of here! Takum swept a huge hand across the roof of the store, bashing Jack and a few of his men aside and knocking a couple others off the roof and into the streets below. As they fell, a great cry, inhuman and angry, drifted across the city. It was accompanied by the sound of wings. I saw them come in from just over the walls. Large, long-necked, dark-skinned monsters with huge wings and sharp claws. Dragons. Wyverns. The towers were down, and those people were at the mercy of something truly terrible. Henry? I'm very low on power. I can't fly. We need those skiffs. I pointed at the passing vehicles in the sky. Henry nodded and pointed at a large stairway loaded with people half a block up. He took off in a jog towards it, waving us forward. Takuma's pummeling of Jack's warriors would only buy us so much time. It was the five of us against all these monsters. How are we going to get up there? There's a lot of people, and I don't like the idea of pushing them aside, amusing as the idea of Takuma doing crowd patrol is. Oh, there you go again, Jules said. Just assuming because you can't fly. Jules surged with energy, and she grabbed me by the armpits. Wait! Perks of being the boss, she said, lifting off the street. I drew my sword, letting it glow with power as we sat down on the platform where the skiffs were loading. Two skiffs, dual propeller wooden hull models with brass fencing surrounding the passenger area and a sharp iron prow in the front, made to hold about ten passengers each stood by the platform, getting ready to leave. I walked over to the first one as Jules flew back to get the others. The operator of the skiff, an old man with creaky braces on his arms and legs, dressed in a blue navy uniform with brass buttons and red striping, looked at me over a thick mustache with hard eyes. He kept one hand on the control stick and the other on his hip, where a small pistol was holstered. I'm commandeering this skiff, and the other one, in the name of the patron of the worlds, I said, for the defense of your city. The city fathers do not recognize your authority, he replied, and neither do I. I summoned his pistol to my other hand and tucked it into my belt. Look, Wheezy, I am not in the mood for watching people shoot themselves in the foot. Get your passengers out of this skiff, and to safety. The danger is in the sky now, you idiot. I pointed up at the flight of wyverns diving around and terrorizing people trying to get away from the city. A large skiff went toppling over into the streets as a wyvern smashed against it with its bulk. They were getting closer. Bloody hell! The old man frowned at the wyverns and frowned at me, but started getting his passengers off the skiff. And here I thought it'd have to be at my most charming, Henry said, stepping up behind me. My powers of persuasion are just amazing these days. 
I replied. You and Sarah should take this one. Takuma and I will take the other. I figure Jules can do better on her own, right? Oh, I have no doubt. As Jules was lifting Takuma onto the platform, six wyverns flew down towards us. Oh, shit. Henry reached for a pistol that wasn't there. Look out! The wyverns turned at the last second, snarling at us as they passed. I saw their eyes and I steeled myself against them. They were wraiths. More of Flesh's misery made real, and they were here for pickup. Jack's going airborne. Get into the skiffs. We pushed the last of the passengers out of the skiffs. Henry and Dekum got into the other one. Dekum pulled two pieces of a large shotgun up from behind his back where they were bits tucked away into his pants. Jules grinned from ear to ear as he put them together and began loading it from a pouch on his belt. We are our weapons, Dekum rumbled. Idiots will believe anything. Henry shook his head. Yeah, at least you'd have to give up your weapons. Saro climbed aboard our skiff, his bird trailing along behind him. It perched on his hand and became his sword again. I'm ready. Oh, I sure as hell hope so. Henry, how do I fly this thing? Squeeze the handle grip to go faster. Push the handle in a direction and move. Watch those propellers. Jack's cruel laughter sounded from across the rooftops. The wyverns were perched, taking Jack's warriors on as riders. I could see a big one duck its head down as the last of them mounted. They flew up into the air, much more graceful than our crude devices. They swung away from us, heading towards the city center. We were running out of time. Henry lifted off in his skiff. I tried squeezing the handle and was pleased to watch the rotor start spinning. We began to lift off into the air, and I squeezed the handle even harder then. Across the wave, the wyverns rose into the sky. Jack didn't care much about us as much as he cared about causing chaos and misery. He'd burn Cathedral to the ground and leave us all for last, just so we'd know that we'd failed. That I'd failed. To hell with you, Jack. With my other hand, I summoned up a bow and a couple dozen arrows. Sarah seemed to read my mind and took them from me. Make them count. He looked into the distance at the wyverns. Every single one. I turned the skiff round in the air and pointed it towards the flight of wyverns. Henry came up beside me and together we shot forward on the heels of Jack and his monsters. Thank you for listening and supporting this podcast. Keep sharing and subscribing to help me keep bringing the story to you. Come back next week for the next episode of Lost Tribe, Darkest Tower.